and welcome to Midlife Athlete. Uh, back for season three. Um, I'm season three. Season three. Um, so I'm Jason Smith, and I'm uh, really pleased this time to be joined by my co-host Greg. How are you, Greg? I'm good. Finally, finally got the technology sorted out. Yeah, <laughs> I missed the last two. You missed the last two, and you were missed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Oh, God. As I said to you before, I'm an analog man in a digital world. And I, <laughs> technology doesn't doesn't suit me <laughs> very well. <laughs> I scratch the surface and that's it. That's it. That's all I do. Well, um, well, we're back. We're back. And, uh, yeah. and, we're, and we're back for season three. And we thought we'd kick off season three with 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 one of our musings. Um, with some points that we thought we'd uh, reflect on, basically, this, that's happened through the summer when we've been um, off air. Um, so what what have you been up to, Greg? You know, any exercise? Any any world record uh, burpee challenges lined up? Well, yeah, though that is that is beginning to become a little bit of a reality. <laughs> slightly, I'm slightly concerned. But uh, the, big, I suppose the big thing was uh, London Paris bike ride, which was great fun. Um, um, not, nothing too onerous actually, but it was, it was lovely. Um, although, although one of our, one of our crew managed to fall off his bike just before we got to New Haven. So on our first day it was the end of our first day, 60 miles of cycling, came off his bike, was walking around limping, going, oh, it's a bit sore. And we, <laughs> we, so we, we're basically, it was guys hospital rugby football club. So we're surrounded by medics and physios and surgeons and we'll go, oh, have a beer, don't worry about it. <laughs> you got home and basically, we, well, we then cycled to Paris, <laughs> two days of cycling to Paris, and we got home, he had an MRI and fractured his pelvis. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and that was Billy, Billy Chalicum, who we had on the um, who had on the podcast, the uh, the uh, the surgeon, yeah. So, we'll <laughs> so poor old Billy, if you're listening, Billy, hope you're feeling better. Yeah, don't listen. But sorry, sorry, we didn't take it more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> So it was. So he went. He went from being a bit of a winger to oh, that's that's Geraint Thomas uh, level, you know, Tour de France, fractured pelvis. And did you have yeah. to help him on his bike every morning when he got on and off? It was more case. Once he was cycling, he was okay. He was actually getting on and off. Yeah. It. But I was there when he, <laughs> poor bugger, he, he had four punctures and he had to go and get on and off his bike each time. Oh God, it was it was awful. I really felt for him. Really felt for him. Yeah, but yeah, he, he completed it. So, God, chapeau, as they say. So, when's this uh, lurking burpee challenge? Oh God, yeah. So we fight. We got a sixth member. So we had we had, we had the three blokes sorted out. We were short of a, a, a one of the uh, one of the ladies of the team. We've now got next got one, um, but we need an event. We need a venue and various other things. But it's, it's looking to be end towards the end of the year maybe new year but that's the problem we don't have a date so we haven't quite got a so i'm basically just doing some burpees and general weight training just to try and try and keep myself um ticking over i don't i don't want to peak too soon no um yeah so at the moment it's all a bit um yeah yeah i'm just i'm being i'm, I'm gonna be the oldest I'm going to be the oldest. I'm going to be 55. I'm, I'm telling Nick to hurry up because I'm going to be 56 soon. <laughs> and it's just good. I thought I'm going, to, I'm going to be the weak link in the chain. So, uh, 
Would, would do you get any special dispensation for being no. the old man? God. No, God no. But uh, the the average age of the blokes is going to be fifth, about fifty, because uh, Breezy's fifty, Nick is forty eight, I think. I'm fifty five, so we're over fifty. I think with in the women's team, it's going to part the part the team. It's going to be they're going to be thirties. So I am fearful that I um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. It seems to be all right at the moment. My burpees seem to be all right at the moment. Good, good. Well, that's 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 what I will be doing immediately after we finish recording these music. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, how's, how's well, going Well, I have been, um, I have to say, a modicum uh, of, of um, excellence, I think, in my application of uh, a framework for, for midlife athletes, um, Yes. I have been balancing my stuff, I think, quite expertly. Really, um, I've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I've been really pleased with myself this summer. It's been real application of uh, sort of eighty percent um, endurance work in the in the low okay. intensity zone. Uh, I've thrown in some uh, intensity, um, whether that's uh, mainly on the bike. Uh, whether that's coming home and doing 30 second sprints or, or, or the like um, on my commute home or whether it's a separate bike session. Um, I've been pretty meticulous about getting in at least one strength and conditioning session in per week, um, mm. uh, which and burpees features in that. Um, and uh, I'm, do you know, I'm, I can't say I'm learning to love them, but <laughs> you never love a burpee. I you learn to respect. Them. I learned to respect them. <laughs> I've definitely learned to respect them, but I kind of miss them in a little way. I sort of we went we went away for a, a weekend on the south coast and uh, with the kids over the summer, and I uh, had to miss my uh, dedicated strength and condition session, yeah. which I normally do on a Friday. I work from home yeah. on a Friday and, and I wrap up the day and then I take myself off to the basement and do some punishment yeah. down there. Uh, but I missed it. And then when I was coming back, I was like, I, I quite, I kind of missed it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to whisper it very, very carefully, but I kind of missed it. Yeah. It's, 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 mate, it's the Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a bit weird. So after, after that year of burpees where it just got more and more intense, just as the days rolled on, it got to the point where, where some first of January, second of second January, I, th I was thinking, Oh, you know, I actually do actually feel like I missed them by, by the third of January. I couldn't give a toss. So it was all right. <laughs> give it long enough and you'll, and you'll be, you'll be happy to see the back of them, but they, they are an amazing exercise. Yeah. An amazing exercise. Yeah. Yeah. If you get it right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, we're going to chat about that later. I think. Well, we are going to chat about uh, getting it right. Cause, um, we we were really chuffed, actually. Well, I was really chuffed. I think you were as well. Uh, we we had our real first proper interaction from taking three series. Yeah, taking taking <laughs> two series. Um, but we had a guy. Um, so I wrote. Um, I was really just thinking about getting back into the swing of season three. And um, as listeners hopefully will know, we have a Substack um, sort of newsletter and, and, and push the fact there, which normally corresponds to some of the pods that we've been recording but occasionally i might write something something else and throw it in and i know you've written a few few things greg but 
So I, I'd been mulling over uh, this summer because we weren't recording and it just felt like we'd learned a heap of lessons about um, how midlife athletes should go about applying um, a sort of framework, if you like, to, to, to do an, and not just exercise because it, it encompasses a load of other stuff that we've, we've touched on in the pod. So I, I, I wrote this piece, um, pushed out a draft sort of version one of this midlife athlete framework and lo and behold, and invited people to come and lo and behold, we actually got somebody from LA yeah. who reached out to us and said, Hey, I love this. I like the way you're thinking. Um, and I'd, I'd like to kind of talk about how I can sort of apply it. So, um, cut a long story short, we've actually got this chap on, uh, in our next episode, cause we thought it'd be really good to kind of bring it to life. But, um, the other thing then that happened uh, is and work colleagues or uh, people that you're interfacing in with work have sort of come up to me and sort of, I've had a few people now who sort of said, you know, oh, talk to me about a midlife athlete podcast. How did that come about? But invariably they say, I was an athlete or I was a serious athlete, you know, in my younger days. Uh, I've started exercising again and I've tried to do a triathlon or whatever it might be. And, uh, I just keep breaking down. I just keep breaking down. And uh, so we thought it would be quite good to kind of touch on that a little bit, um, uh, not just in the context of the framework, but also stuff that you've come across and, and that you come across almost on a very frequent basis in your practice. Yeah, yeah. It's For me, I have been I, 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 I'm slightly evangelical about it, really, but... Um, I get annoyed with the exercise industry and the medical industry, I say industry, but the medical framework around exercise and the, and the exercise industry framework around exercise in as much as there is always a case, they all, the way it's portrayed, say if you want to do a glute exercise or you don't want to do a core exercise, you want to do this works your glutes, this works your pecs, this works your biceps. There is this concept, and it's and I think it's completely wrong. It's 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 cart before horse, in as much as they say the ex, you know, this exercise works your glutes. Do this exercise, it works your glutes. It doesn't. The brain chooses to use the glutes in that exercise if it chooses to, if it sees it, if it sees fit. The brain does not do what is right. It 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 does what's easiest. And if you have an imbalance in your system, and that imbalance is quite strong, it will predominate. You, you may not know it's there. That's the problem. But if you don't get your form right, and if you don't look for these little nuances, then you can be in a situation where you're just strengthening an imbalance. So I see it all the time with clients where you start just doing some muscle testing on them. And lo and behold, their they're weaker, they're, they're, they're painful knee, for instance, you test their glutes on that side and that's 30% weaker. And they say, oh, but I've been doing Pilates for two years. Said, yeah, but the Pilates doesn't tell your brain that you've got a 30% weakness on that side. You've got to try and you've got to look for it sometimes. You've got to be mindful of it. And that's where I've really got to the point of sort of digging down with my clients to say, well, when you're doing this exercise, think about how you're doing it. The exercise is not going to tell your brain how to perform it, how to perform the exercise. 
your brain will do what's easiest. And if it, if it wants to cheat and compensate, it will, because that's what it's learned to do. So, you, so, the, so becoming mindful of that is very, very important, but also really helpful because you, you learn how you can become more efficient. You can learn how to move. Or, or you, when you start to analyze how you move, you can start making subtle changes yourself without an intervention from a therapist like myself. But you can make changes and go, oh, God, that's easier if I do that. If I adjust this, that makes that better. And suddenly you're, you're in, the, in the realms of, of you know, um, subtle changes in skill, which can have a, have a profound effect on your performance. I completely agree. And there's just two practical things I can bear to that. So when I'm coaching clients about pedal technique on a bike, um, very often what I'm um, coaching is counterintuitive to how they've actually, that short circuit process they've done. So they, they normally pedal in squares, so they push down on the pedals and that's it. And what you're trying to do is kind of more of an elliptical circle. So, you know, what I say to them is you have to practice that technique. You're in that learning zone and you, you almost need to... Um, I don't, I don't say undo, but you need to strengthen those neural pathways that is where you're actively consciously thinking about that pedal stroke until eventually it becomes, you know, an unconscious um, pathway. And the other thing that I've noticed um, is when you run in in particular if you drop down your intensity and you run in your zone two you're within your aerobic threshold invariably it's slower than you think it is um and therefore you can concentrate an awful lot more on your form mm. and and i think actually what tends to happen over a period of time is they say you know go slower to go faster but actually i've noticed that what happens is the running economy can improve because what you're doing by slowing down is actually spending more conscious thought about your form. Mm. Whereas normally what would happen, and most midlife athletes make this mistake of running or whatever it might be in this gray zone, and therefore their thought is actually being applied to just being able to sustain that as opposed to what you're talking about, yes. the technique and so on, uh, or the skill or whatever it, whatever it might be. Well, the, the, when I've got clients who are returning to running, um, I give them very, very um, small amounts of running to start off with. They're not allowed to run consecutive days. They run literally their first run is a minute of running and a minute of walking five times. So it's five minutes of running. That's it. They're not running. They're not running more than ten minutes. It takes them about two or three weeks to get to ten minutes of solid running. But you know, in that minute of running, I'm saying think about how you're running. Yeah, you know, think about your the pain that the leg that isn't painful. That's tolerating all the load that's going through it. The leg that isn't tolerating it. Think, what's that doing? How is it moving? How is it? Is it gliding? How, is your foot slapping down? Are you dropping? Are you are, are your arms swinging symmetrically? So that minute of running is not just run, because your your subconscious mind will just will just run. It won't think about it. You've got to consciously step in and almost self-analyze, almost sort of observe yourself running. And, and cycling as well, you know, observe yourself pedaling. Think about what's, what's the force through my left leg then switch your mind's eye to the right leg. What's my right one doing? So, and same thing with swimming. You know, what's my, what's my left arm 
stroke? What's my right arm stroke? Um, breast stroke? Am I, am I am my legs symmetrical? Are, are my are my screw is my screw kick different on on both sides? Can I make myself symmetrical? So it's that application which is so important to to learning how to how to move correctly. Um, so that they because because effectively what I'm doing with with all my clients is just I'm not treating pain. They come to me with pain, but I'm treating the movement dysfunction, which is creating their pain. So that's my little niche. If the pain's been caused by something else, it's <laughs> it's outside my remit. So, but but you're right. It's, it's, you've got to apply it. You've got to think about it. And so, but when we when we get on our bike and and we go off pedaling, you know, out into the countryside, etc., it's it is it is tricky to think about that all the time when you've got cars and. There's, there's nice scenery or whatever it might be and from my perspective the the you know i'm having to think about this and I, but because I, I don't go out very often as often as a professional let's say i'm not putting in the you know the tens hundreds of thousands millions even of revolutions that they do year, you know year in year out and they've been doing from from a very early age so they just they just have got so much muscle memory and quality that they don't have to think about it. Meanwhile, the rest of us mere mortals, we sort of have to think about it. And like 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 a lot of midlife athletes who've taken up cycling in their later life, I haven't had the the time spent focusing on my con- on, on control and 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 application and technique. You can't get on a bike and cycle. You you can, but but the efficiency of how you move is so important. To ride a bike requires skills. Uh, mental skills, which you have to train yourself to do. You can't get on a bike and just ride. It's, just, it's great when you do, yeah, it's, but, you, but in order to get, but, but sorry, you can do that. If that's if you're happy with that, that's fine. But if you want to improve, if you if you're if you're looking to improve your performance, this is an important bedrock. It's it, it's 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 the foundation for which you can then put, apply more power and speed and effort on top of it, because then you. You're just going to the efficiency of your movement just stays there as you get stronger. I mean, as I get, if I start putting more effort into it as I as I as I ramp it up, I can feel my form going out the window. Yeah, and that's so, and that's because you, as you say, you haven't you haven't built up that bedrock. But the same applies to, as I say, all sports. So yeah. you and you can you can demonstrate you can almost measure the outcome of of that and you know if i look at uh, running for example which isn't my primary sport but mm. within that running in that aerobic uh, zone if you run continuously in that zone and you focus on your form you will notice your times for you know for a set route that you do all the time will get quicker your your time per minute per kilometer will get quicker it i'm not putting any more effort in uh, my running economy is improving because I'm consciously thinking about that, which which is so difficult. And I think you know, bring it back to some of those points that we've had from uh, people who've interacted with us, you know, listeners of the show. If you're coming at it as a midlife athlete and you're hitting sport again when you haven't really done it for a long time, or you're you you were sporty and you're maybe changing your sport around in midlife or whatever, right. it's so important. To, to to stick to that learning zone before you can start loading um and and yeah. and 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 really improving getting faster you know whatever it might be going further well i mean i, I in terms of 
what I say to my clients is <clears throat> one of the analogies is if you've got a, a javelin thrower, an elite javelin thrower, they're not throwing javelins as far as they can all day. They can't, they, they're like, their shoulder won't take it, won't be able to take it. An Olympic weightlifter, you know, coming in trying to do a, a PB requires time to get himself in that state of mind to do it, him or, him or herself. And when they do that, you know, two times body weight above their above their head, they're not going to be able to do it again for hours. <laughs> so, so it is you know, that the the peak of their performance is just the preparation to get to that point. It's just a pyramid, yeah, and that 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 that, that com- the competition is just the peak of it, it or an ice, or an iceberg, whatever you want to call it. The, the stuff the stuff that. Um, so when you're watching Olympic um, uh, Tour de France or something, and you see these cyclists, they're just pedaling along and they're chatting, and you know the efficiency of which they're doing it, it's all under the surface. That is just hours and thousands and thousands and thousands of miles of of just doing the same, repeating the same thing over and over again. So they've got this massive, you know, neural uh, connection which just allows them to do that without thinking about it. We unfortunately don't, we're not like that. <laughs> we haven't had that time. So we have to think about it more. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's actually um, <clears throat> touches on another subject that um, came up for me over the summer. Um, and maybe I should, I should put in the, in the framework, which is patience. Um, mm. that, you know, as a, you, you talk about the mind wanting to take shortcuts, but I think, that rubs off on us with some of our decision-making that we also (laughs) take shortcuts or or want to get there quicker um, Mm. and don't devote the patience that we probably need to this training zone that, that, that you and I just been talking about. And unfortunately the patients, we need more patience as we get older because our bodies just react. They're just a little bit slower. Um, our, Our adaptations, Etc. And also our frustrations at not being able to do <laughs> what we did when we were in our twenties. Yeah. Um, and we're coming to accept that that you know you can't you can't do that. As we you know that that the thing that CrossFit thing last last year when I was on that app, um, I did I was just I was doing too much. I could, if I was twenty years younger, I could have done that. But that app that the time well not the app itself, but the the time frame that the app was dictating to me wasn't it, my body couldn't do it and, it and i sort of found out the hard way by going no i'm just i'm i'm i'm, I'm burning myself out very quickly I'm, I'm 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 going to injure myself yeah in fact it was a it was a uh, a chap uh, uh, who i had to speak to at work actually asked me about the podcast and he said he's been doing crossfit and he just you know keeps keeps breaking down and he wondered whether crossfit was actually suitable for for midlife athletes and um but again I think it is. I think it's suitable. But again, it comes back to this idea that that the the exercise dictates the movement. To you know, you do this exercise. You do a clean and jerk. You do a uh, a thruster or 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 a, or a, um, uh, a burpee or a whatever it might be. You will just do what you um, what your brain has learned to do it it will the strategy it uses it just that's it that's all it knows whether it's right or wrong correct or not efficient or not it just does what it thinks is right for it 
It doesn't doesn't mean things it's optimal. It just will just do it. That is where, and then you start loading that up too much or too often or too soon, and then your tissues start can start to break down if not careful. And because we are, but when you're younger, what I see a lot when you when I treat sort of teenagers with problems, they they tend to have, they tend to um, learn very quickly because but they haven't got the layers of problems on that that have been laid down over the years. I mean, I'm a rugby player, and I've got a litany of injuries. And and I've got all sorts of things going on. So I've got this, it's like a, it's a strata of injuries all the way through my life. A 15-year-old won't have that. And they're much more plastic and they can change very quickly. Whereas when we get older, we've got what life has thrown at us, injuries and whatever, that can really hold you back and be very limiting. Then the you you, you watch these the elites of the, of the CrossFit world and you think, oh yeah, I can I can do that. Mm, not really, not necessarily. So the CrossFit I think is I think is good, but you just have to adapt it to your age, and it's not always the case. This app was not age specific. Young the, the guy on it probably late twenties, early thirties, made it look simple, absolutely simple. He's been doing it for so long. He's he's he was a professional athlete doing it. So of course he made it look simple, but I thought, oh, I, I can. I've lifted weights before. How hard can it be? Well, actually, quite hard <laughs> when you're fifty. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you just have to adapt it. But yeah, someone, someone like Nick, Nick, um, who we've had on, on the on the on the podcast, he, he went for the world record burpees. He does CrossFit. He does a lot of. He's, he's I mean, he's forty seven, forty eight, and he's lifting. Uh, he's deadlifting one fifty. And he's he's squatting 120, 130 kilograms free weights. I mean that that is that's brilliant. That's that's fantastic. Um, but he's trained himself to get to that point, and he's and he's, he's he he comes to me for treatment, and we we're working on it and making everything a little bit more efficient and getting his shoulder work. Yeah. So there's it's you have to I say you have to be patient, but you have to you have to be very mindful that you are doing it right. You, and you've got to think yourself. You've got to you've got to do the skill, put the skills in, in order to get the performance out. Yeah, I think that's very true. It's not, it's not automatic. It's not automatic. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and and that that patience and benchmarking um, really had a practical uh, impact on me this summer because a, a guy that I was in my local cycling club. He's since moved out the area a little bit, and uh, reached out. And we had a coffee and it turns out that he had um, long COVID. So he had COVID um, pretty much February, March time, uh, 2020, and had been suffering with long COVID ever since then. And and his, his uh, <clears throat> this is a really short summary of it, but, but essentially what was happening is he would, tr- I mean, he, and he loves riding. Um, he would go out on his bike uh, yeah. or, or run, uh, but generally on his bike, he would then suffer quite a significant relapse. He'd only be able to go out for, you know, short ride, 20 kilometers, suffer a relapse to the extent that I think he, he ended up in hospital a few times. Um, and so this was a, a recurring pattern. So it was basically bang, wallop, you know, crash down, bang, wallop, pretty much. So so I suggested to him that um, we need to reframe his is present is benchmarks forget about where he was let's talk about yeah. where you are now in the present and um we talked about 
um, doing very low intensity exercise because essentially when you looked at what he was doing, he was trying to do what he did before. A lot of it spent in that gray zone that we've talked about. And um, so we just did a really simple plan with him and uh, met up with him six weeks afterwards uh, for a coffee again, find out where he was. He's consistently riding three times, maybe four times a week, never had a relapse, um, felt good, looked forward to the runs and the difference it made to his life in terms of his outlook because he felt he felt that was it i'm broken i can't am i ever going to be able to get back to what i was doing now he's looking you know much more positive about things and is applying it and and has been amazed at the effects that it's had on him in terms of recovering bringing him out of uh, out of the long covid so so again it comes back to you know patience i said to him this is going to take a long time to build up that aerobic engine that's been eroded and you yeah. probably didn't even work at it before that's the thing, you know, you didn't, you didn't spend time in that zone. So it's going to take patience. Your, your benchmark has to be where you are now, not, not where you were before you had COVID. And, um, and you've just got to be really meticulous about, you know, discipline and staying within, within that zone. Um, and then eventually we'll, we'll layer in some intensity, but you know, he's, he's got to get him to that point. What you're describing is, is, is a sort of an extreme version of what we all go through we all have our we all have our bodies have limits and all our tissues have limits um and you can you can push that you can gently well gently you can you can increase the your your envelope of, of abilities through training so you're pushing yourself and that's what we want to try and do we want to get be better than we were last year i you know yeah i'd be an older that's, that's slightly trickier but we want to we want to either sustain things or, or, or get stronger, be the best of, of, what, of what we can be at this at this time of, of our lives. Um, but what what's happening is that it's that boom bust type thing. But for him, it's happening much much sooner, much much quicker because of the COVID. But that's what happens. That happens to us all if we're not careful. And it's just being able to be able to sort of increase push out the our envelope that, that are the limits of what we can do in a safe way and i say the the i say the framework that that you've been uh, putting a lot of thought into is very important because there's there's not much out for it out there for us for, as in midlife people midlife athletes a lot of the research is done on it can be done on the old you know, what the, what, how the old people how old people respond or how ill people respond or how overweight people respond to, to exercise but what about people who've been generally healthy exercise a lot or have exercise and trying to get back into it want to continue to do it what happened, what about them and we're 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 sort of not there's not much out there for no them. there's nothing out there for us and i think that that was what was really troubling me through the summer particularly as the last the last podcast we did sadly you couldn't make it he was a fascinating guy absolutely lovely guy yo uh, who was the uh, marathon record holder for, you know, in his seventies. Um, and it became pretty, when I was thinking about it and reflecting over the summer is, <clears throat> you know, it, it's for us now, it has to be about sustainability and to achieve the sustainability, you have to reframe how you go about doing things um, and recalibre 
certain things you know we've talked before about having that mix you know that you've got to do some strength work some some stability and movement work and and so on and so forth and um but it did become quite clear that there's no reason why recalibrating and reframing for sustainability can have a detrimental impact on your performances now um right. because if you're doing those things uh, and we've we've talked about this sort of uh, uh, via whatsapp that you know it, it, if you're working on your stability and your movement and those kinds of stuff it's likely to improve your performance in the short term as well as give you that sustainability over the longer term mm. yeah well, obviously preempt um us chatting with uh, jc who reached out to us about this but it, that was that was part of his question. You know, well, do I work on do I work on stability or do I work on something else? And he said, "Well, the two go hand in hand." Um, you know, the with me, it's again with clients. It's come someone comes in with a an injured knee from running. You know, you, you work out what's wrong. Okay, it's an old twisted ankle that your ankle isn't working properly. Your calf is not strong enough, and you work. You go through the fundamentals of of reestablishing symmetry you know what's my, my your right leg should be as strong as your left and when you point out to them well you've got 30 percent deficit in your right calf and the, your left you know no wonder the forces going through your through your tissues are different they should be theoretically the same running should be theoretically you know each leg does the same amount of work but the right leg is having to do different work because of this weakness you can still run but the problem is you've now got an injury so you, you have to work on those to so rehab yourself out of that uh, situation to get yourself so you're pain free. But ultimately, it's about what, you know, the conditioning myself to be able to run. People run to get fit. They cycle to get fit. They do CrossFit to get strong. But you have to be fit to do those things. Fit as in performing it well. To get the to get more out of it as well, right? I mean, how frust- I mean, it's incredibly frustrating to keep on breaking down every time you try and do go beyond a certain distance or try and run a certain time. You're always like, oh god, I just feel terrible. My, I'm always got that after doing it. Then if you make yourself more efficient, and then suddenly the performance becomes you don't have to think about it so much. It sort of begins. You can the body's delivering it without having to really think about it. But that requires input conscious input doing the miles doing the lifting the weights yes you have to do all that but how you do it the the, the way you do it is vital because that the, the, so the two go hand in hand massively, mm. massively. and so um guests coming up uh there's a couple on my side that uh, I, I've been thinking about. Um, so Nima, do you remember our friend Nima who who does that yeah, yeah. completely mad race um, where uh, you just basically carry on running until the last person, the last, last person, person standing. Yeah. So there's no second place. There's no second place. He won again, um, and he's offered to come back on again to talk about mindset because yeah. how he does these things i think there'll be some really interesting um he does them because he has only kids that's why 
<laughs> but I was thinking more in terms of his mindset when he does them rather than uh, oh, yeah, no, practicalities of. So he's he wants he's offered to come back on to talk about his mindset, which could be really really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to get JC on to talk about a practical example of that balance that we talked about and the, and the framework, which I think would be. Uh, He's a, he's a mar- he wants to. He's a marathon. Yeah, he's a marathon runner. He's a marathon runner. But again, uh, I think he's got a relatively young family, so balancing, uh, as we all are, you know, balancing these these different demands because it's not just the you know oh to be a professional athlete. But um, and there's uh, yep. there's another guy that I met um, after we'd finished season two for a coffee and lunch over in the summer, and he uh, he had been um, well, he probably still is actually, but he he had done an awful lot of ultra running. Um, and uh, was helping uh, other uh, ultra runners and stuff. But um, the, the the question that he had, which I thought was really interesting for us to tackle, is like, what do you do if you if you haven't got uh, an immediate goal? You know, as a midlife athlete, what does you know? How do you get motivated? How do you um, continue to train? What sort of training? Um, uh, and, and also whether or not you should also think about giving back in some shape or form. So that was a really, that might be a really interesting, uh, interesting conversation. And you sent me, uh, you sent me this article, which I thought was incredibly fascinating. Uh, it's a medium post um, about, uh, it was basically a business model to, to fix healthcare, but it was around prevention so I think you know what they were really saying was, look, if you if we can get people out exercising, and continuing to exercise, that should solve a lot of healthcare issues and this prevention as a service. So I don't know, it might be quite interesting to reach out to those guys and sort of, or the guy who wrote the yeah. article and, and, and get him on. Well, I'm I'm trying to, uh, I've been trying, I've been reaching out to a. Um, uh, ex-pro rugby player um and we keep on basically our diaries haven't quite synced yet but uh while well, one and there's another there's another ex-pro um saracens player actually um who be interesting to get them on having gone from professional athlete to then you retire you retire in your 30s then what do you do after that um but just that the mindset of the professional athlete, I think, would be quite an interesting, interesting one. Yeah, and are, um, are they are they applying that mindset that they had, and how, and how is it different to their midlife yeah. athletic yeah. Uh, sort of stuff? Yes, exactly. Um, is yeah, what sort of carryover is there? What sort of uh, what do they do? They're probably also, they're probably cycling. <laughs> they, they all do, don't they? <laughs> they all do cycling. Uh, but it will be it will be interesting to see what they do. So you know, whether they just eat and drink and <laughs> don't care, <laughs> or they or they say, yeah, you know, I've, I've got to keep doing something. You know, who knows? We'll see. I, I just need to try and nail them down to some dates. That's going to be, yeah, yeah. But I, what was what was interesting when when JC um, uh, reached out to us, he was like, we oh. After the initial um, euphoria of, of getting someone to, to write in, um, it'd be, we suddenly thought, well, why, why don't we get him on and chat to, chat to him about what his question is? But that, that would extend to anyone who's listening. You know, if you've got some, some burning questions, 
about your about your training or about whatever. I mean, reach out and we and we'll get you. We'll maybe get you on the on the show and chat because it's not about you know the famous authors or the or the elite athletes or actually elite athletes. It's about people who are the 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 the, the, the normal everyday guy or a woman who's who's basically wants to wants to stay athletic um and how they go about it they, you might be giving us insights which we never thought about and uh would be helpful for everyone to hear totally and so if, if you are one of those people and you think um and you probably do have something interesting to share so don't there's no point being shy mm. about it you can reach out to us um so the, the probably the easiest way to get in touch with us is is via email it's midlife athlete podcast all one word midlife athlete podcast at gmail.com really simple reach out to us um we'd love to hear from you anyway uh but it would be great to to get to get people on talking about you know their experiences mm. what it's like yeah. for them yeah. um i it's a bit of a sad way to end potentially or maybe we don't but we, we but maybe we 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 sort of uplift after this but You've probably heard, Greg, the, the really sad news of uh, Eddie Butler uh, yeah. passing away, which which um, yeah. has a particular resonance for me. I've, I've met him a few times he's, and his wife. He's, he's, he was an absolutely lovely guy. My uh, eldest son knows his uh, one of his daughters. Um, was at school with her and, 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 and is in a social group. Um, and uh, it just felt an incredible loss. Um you know, to for those, for those to anyone. who don't know Eddie, I mean, if, you, if you don't know rugby, um, rugby union, he was uh, ex Wales captain. He played for the British Lions, um, but he was basically probably mainly known for his commentary on, on on games. And he was, but also he was a real poet. He's actually when he some of his other some of his other other broadcasting um, uh, stuff I've listened to. And, and people are sending around now. Now he's gone. He's, you know, you think, God, yeah, he was. He was a poet at heart. Um, and um, yeah, you may not have liked his, his commentary style, but he was. <laughs> when he came down to, he he, he was a wordsmith and a and a, and a poet. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he'll be missed. he'll be sadly missed. Be sadly missed. Um, so yeah, don't want to ponder on that too long. But uh, no. but, yeah. so. Yeah, so we're back. Season three, uh, we'll try and push out stuff on a regular basis as much as we can. We'll hopefully get Greg uh, all his technical issues behind him so it all runs smoothly. <laughs> so can we do this by carrier pigeon, really? <laughs> <laughs> Much easier. <laughs> um, and so as ever... Um, Find the stuff on Spotify or um, iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It all gets downloaded there. Have a look at Substack, Midlife Athlete Substack. Uh, there's some stuff, as I say, we push out the pods there, but we we push out occasionally some writing, so do that. You can you can comment on articles as well, and please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Midlife Athlete Podcast at gmail.com. Great. Great. So on that note, um, that's. Season three kicked off. Can't wait for the next yeah. guest. Burpees. Off you go, mate. I know. Okay. How are you, how are you doing? I'm trying something different today, actually. Um, so invariably, I do uh, a number in a minute. Um, so right. I might do, let's say, I don't know, 10 a minute. 
and then uh, maybe I might switch and do some some squats or uh, goblet squats yeah. or whatever, and then back yeah. to ten a minute or whatever it might be. So I kind of I do mess around with it quite a lot actually. Um, but tonight I thought I would try a pyramid. Uh, so I'm going to go up and down the pyramids. I think so that's where I'm probably going to okay. play around with today. All right. Um, just just for variation, really. Yeah, can, it can get a bit dull. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did uh, 300 yesterday. <laughs> Ten a minute for half an hour. <laughs> it was, uh, oh, really? <laughs> but you know, I, and actually over the summer I did try, and I remembered. Oh God. I did um, for six hours. I did hundred per. It's a hundred imam ten a minute for ten minutes uh, for six hours. So I basically did hundred resting for fifty minutes, another hundred resting for fifty minutes, another hundred, and so I did that thinking, well, that's that's so that's a quarter of what we're going to be doing on this uh, challenge. Um. Yeah. Okay. And I was, uh, yeah. I've got. A, I was getting a bit tired at the end of that. I've got a book for you. <laughs> I've got a book for you to read. I know you're you're a, you're a, a real avid reader. Um, yeah. So a book for you: "Living with a Seal." Or "Living with a Seal." Uh, it's right. uh, written by. So it's basically. Uh, it's a good read. It's a fun read. Really light reading, but I think you'll enjoy it. You'll have a you'll have a laugh on the train when you're going into London. It's a guy who uh, he loves his exercise, does all sorts of things. I don't think he's probably not quite midlife athlete, but he's probably bordering on it. And uh, he comes across a Navy SEAL and he decides to get this ex-Navy SEAL to live with him and train him for uh, a month. So this Navy right. SEAL comes to his house and, and, and uh, basically says, you have to do everything that I say. No question, no, no, right. you know, no quibbling, no pulling out. You have to do everything I say, um, and and that's that's the deal. And and if you do that, if you agree to that, I'll come along and I'll, and I'll do it with you. It's quite funny. Some really funny moments in it actually, um, but uh, I think it'll appeal to you, Greg. So there you go. It's a, a, a short, witty little book right. to entertain your train journey. Leave you with a seal, right? Okay, I'll do that. Right, mate. All right. Thanks, everyone. Right. Cheers. Bye. -bye. Bye.